welcome to Monday Motivation. All you cool cats and kittens out there. It's Monday after Easter. Glad to have you all watching today. Good morning. Carrie Noor, happy Monday after Easter. Hope you're doing well. Hope everybody had an awesome weekend. Hi, Aaron Lawrence. Nice to have you with us this morning. And uh, hope you all got your Easter baskets. I've got my chocolate bunny here today. Hi, Leah Marie Bainey. Nice to see you. Chocolate bunny, look at this. It is Hershey's. And it is a solid milk chocolate bunny. And so that will make a delicious uh, lunch today. I'm sure you're all eating uh, candy for lunch as well. Good morning, Tara. Good morning, Rosemary. Hi, Jessica. Nice to see you all. And I uh, hope you had awesome Easter's. My family and I, uh, we uh, got up early and we uh, got dressed and got ready. And uh, we went to the drive-in church, dressed up anyway. I don't know about you. I don't know if you got like dressed up or did up for Easter. For me uh, and for my family, it's like a form of uh, protest against the virus. You know, that we're still going to go about our lives as best we can. But uh, we had a great day yesterday. Uh, got to go to the drive-ins. I saw uh, Leah Marie Bainey. I saw you on CBS 21 on a news report in the bottom corner of a multi-camera shot singing. Uh, must have been with your church, so that was pretty awesome. Hi, Mike Kubis. Good to see you. Welcome this morning. Glad to have you with us. It's Monday, it's Monday after uh, Easter, and did it feel weird to you to not be at a youth convention? Uh, did that feel weird to you? I saw a lot of people commenting uh, on Thursday and Friday about youth convention. People were tagging me and the team and appreciate the prayers. I think um, I saw one or two people commenting You know that they had never missed a youth convention in 20 years. And I think that would be true for me, uh, that this would be the first youth convention uh, probably in, in over 20 years that uh, we missed and didn't have. So it was kind of weird to me because uh, one of the things I didn't really realize, uh, yeah, Carrie says first time in 14 years, crazy. One of the things that I don't know that I realized per se is how much, to me, uh, Easter is elevated uh, by having gone through Good Friday together at youth convention, having that major spiritual experience, and then coming in and landing in the local church with Easter, I think has always been elevated by being a part of youth convention. So it was definitely weird, definitely uh, unusual. And uh, so I know a lot of you are going through that as well. I want to talk this morning about uh, continuing our series. We've been talking about the Leadership Challenge, Five Core Behaviors of a Leader. And, of course, uh, with all the shifts and changes, we've been on and off. And last week we talked a little bit about... Uh, we talked a little bit about developing some new routines and putting new routines in place. And we had some uh, great comments last week. And so uh, today we are going to be, uh, I want to give away this book today uh, because we had uh, just a great discussion last week about the Corona cult, about not giving into that, about establishing some routines and things. 
And so uh, we want to give this book. This book is called Growing Young. It's by um, uh, Kara Powell is the main author, but there's two others. And Kara Powell's done a lot of research. She comes from uh, Somebody's of God Roots, but she's on staff at uh, Fuller uh, University, uh, Fuller Youth Institute. Growing Young, this is one of her latest books, Six Essential Strategies to Help Young People Discover and Love Your Church. And so I want to send this out to Trish Boring. Trish Boring, you are going to be receiving this book, uh, and it will be in the mail to you uh, this week at some point. And I uh, hope you enjoy this read. It's a good book, highly recommended uh, book right now, and it's going around. So uh, we want to uh, continue, though, a series today. We started Five Core Behaviors of a Leader. We went through a number of those behaviors um, first, we want to give some birthday shout-outs. I want to say happy birthday to Taylor Youngblood. <laughs> Hi, Taylor. Saw you tuned in there. Your birthday is tomorrow, in case you forgot. Happy birthday. And we want to say happy birthday to Craig Dunaway. Craig is on staff at Trinity Westchester. Helps give oversight to all next-gen ministries there. So happy birthday, Craig. Good morning, Dalton. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here today on the Monday Motivation. Uh, we got some announcements too. Speed the light. Keep your speed the light giving coming in for the big give. I know we had a number of donations come in through the credit card link. Really amazing uh, seeing some students and people give. I know a lot of you have taken offerings in your church and you're sending them as well. We're already, I think, 30% of the way there without a lot of checks uh, being counted or having come in yet. So uh, we want to say, hi, Bill Kiger. Good morning. Welcome. So today we want to talk about uh, continuing our series on uh, on the Leadership Challenge, Five Core Behaviors of the Leaders, Five Things That High-Performing Leaders Do in Most Organizations. This is the Leadership Challenge. It's uh, kind of a standard graduate-level text for leadership. Good morning, Ricky. Glad to see you this morning. Uh, and we've talked about this. We've talked so far about modeling the way, being that example, modeling the way, inspiring a shared vision. We talked about challenging the process. Today we want to talk about the fourth behavior, which is enabling others to act. And uh, we love, I love this, uh, this particular passage. You know, one of the things, uh, this passage of, of scripture I want to share with you is one of the things I really hit big on when I talk to youth pastors, youth leaders is not just being a pastoral shepherding leader who cares for the flock, which is really big at this time, of course, caring for the flock, keeping in touch with people, keeping people moving in together, but also uh, really following a scriptural mandate of being an equipping leader, right? Ephesians chapter 4, God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for works of service, for the work of the ministry. Good morning, Jacob Kelly. Hope you had an awesome birthday. Sorry we postponed your huge birthday party at the Giants Center. But uh, yeah, so enabling others to act. This really falls in line with that passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 of equipping the saints, enabling others to act. This is where the secular kind of examination of leadership and the biblical examination of leadership come together here. Uh, how do we enable others to act, whether it's your youth leaders, whether it's student leaders within your group, whether it's even your, you know, maybe it's a baseline student. How do you empower them to take control of their own life, of their own discipleship processes? How do you enable them to act? And a couple of key points from the text of, uh, of Foster, uh, excuse me, Cousay and Posner's book, uh, 
the leadership challenge. Number one is foster collaboration. Foster collaboration. Great teams work together. And uh, whether it's your leadership team of adults or students, or whether it's just maybe you say, well, you know, I just, I'm the only leader in a youth group of 10 kids or less. Maybe you just talk about this particular group of students and helping them to find leadership of their own spirituality. Create a, a way in which you can foster collaboration, working together, creating a climate of trust. And here's the thing, the more people feel trusted, the more they innovate, the more they do things. And you know this in your own life, that the more you feel like a leader trusts you, gives you what you need to be able to do youth ministry, do the work of the ministry in your own sphere of influences. Good morning, Braden. Welcome. Uh, you know that the more you feel released to do, to create, to make things, the more people feel, feel trusted, the more they innovate. When you create a climate of trust, and this is always a risk for a leader, uh, when you create a climate of trust, good morning, Lindsay Brace, when you create a climate of trust, you take away some of your own power, some of your own authority, and you give it to someone else. When you talk about like a student leader, for example, well, that can be a really scary thing. Well, we're not talking about delegating your all of your power as a youth pastor or as a youth leader talking about giving them something that they can handle. For example, could a student leader run games? Could they run prayer times? Could they be in charge of communicating with other students? But you enable them to act. You give away some of that authority, some of that power that's been given to you, and you help other people do it. And I would say this, to establish a climate of trust, you have to be the first person to trust. You need to be the one as the leader who goes to another person and says, Hey, I'm going to trust you to do this. I'm going to trust you to act. I'm going to trust you to take action. I'm going to trust you to do things. Second thing is this, uh, facilitating relationships. So you create a climate of trust and you facilitate relationships. Um, the other th well, before we move on to facilitating relationships, part of facilitating relationships, part of building trust is this. You have to be able to look at other people's points of view. Uh, maybe you have a vision. Maybe God's given you something. Maybe you have a vision for how that thing that God has given you is going to be accomplished. Be willing to hear from other people about what their points of view might be, how they might want to uh, become a part of the project that you're working on. Uh, being open to alternative viewpoints. That doesn't necessarily mean that you accept all other viewpoints, but it does mean you listen. Good morning, Mike Smith. Hey, bro. It does mean that you listen to other people's viewpoints and figure out how it can integrate into what you are doing. Uh, I've done this a lot. Uh, the last book we uh, last book that we put together in Youth Alive was the I Dare You book. We had 11, 10 or 11 Youth Alive authors. I had the idea, uh, Doug Sayers had the idea actually for the concept, the challenge. I had the idea to put it into a book form for campus missionaries. But there were some other Youth Alive missionaries who contributed to the overall vision, creating like a calendar, for example, of the chapters going along with months of the year and things that were happening. Great ideas. We brought those into play. You've got to be willing to hear other people's. Now, to say this, I'll just say this. When you are building trust, you're facilitating relationships. One of the foundational ideas here is that you have shared goals, that you have shared vision. And so for a team of people to have a positive experience together, the authors write, they must have shared goals 
that provide a specific reason for being together. Good morning, Michael Schaefer. Nice to have you with us today. Uh, having shared goals that provide a specific reason for being together. What does that mean? It means we're not just doing stuff together because we're friends, though hopefully friendship, relationship is a byproduct of working together. We're coming together because we have common goals. Hi, Craig Dunaway. Happy birthday this week. That's why we tagged you and invited you to be a part of this uh, broadcast today. Uh, it means you have shared goals, shared vision, and you're moving together towards a common ideal. Uh, Patrick Lencioni, in his, uh, he's got a book out. He's got several books out, Patrick Lencioni. Uh, but he talks about one of his books, the idea of vision alignment. What does that mean? It means we're not just Christians, say, in the same organization, but we have very specific alignment in terms of ministry, in terms of language, in terms of doing things. And so I would just really say this, enabling others to act, fostering collaboration, giving power away, and trusting leaders to be able to do things, means that you have established that you have vision alignment, that you're moving in the same direction. And you're not just moving in the same direction, but you're speaking the same language as you move in that same direction. And so I uh, just want to challenge you today that uh, part of uh, being a great leader means you empower others to act. Uh, set goals for your leaders. Set, Give them roles, things to do, things to play. If it's student leaders, maybe you have a student leadership team, create a role for each student leader uh, or group of leaders on your Wednesday night service. Give them uh, goals to reach out for. Maybe you put a camera uh, or you have some student take their phone. You say, hey, let's get 100 pictures tonight of things that are going on. Maybe you uh, have a student who's greeting, something like that. Uh, and so uh, find roles, help them set goals. The second thing is this. Number one, faster collaboration if you want to enable others to act. Number two, uh, foster or help uh, strengthen others by increasing their self-determination. What does that mean? means you give them the power to make decisions. You give them the power to make decisions. Uh, when we examine times in our life when we feel powerful and powerless, feeling powerful is literally the feeling of being able. It comes from a deep sense of being in control of your own life. A lot of people are feeling powerless right now because we don't have a lot of control uh, over our lives right now. We're being told when and where we can't go, et cetera, et cetera. And that's challenging. You know that that creates and fosters in you a sort of a feeling of helplessness sometimes. Well, in leadership, when you're leading others, sometimes your leadership, how you do that can create that same sense in the people that you're leading. You've got to enable them to act. You've got to increase their ability to self-determine, to be able to make their own decisions, to have control of their life. That does come from having a climate of trust. It does come from having strong relationships with one another. When people feel like they're controlled by others, when they feel like they have a lack of support or resources, they show no commitment to excel. Although they may comply with what you're saying, they probably won't do it to the best of their ability. And so uh, you've got to enable them to act through increasing their self-determination. I'll just say this. When you increase self-determination for your team, for your student leaders, doesn't mean you just let people go willy-nilly and do whatever they want in your youth ministry. 
doesn't mean if you have an adult leader who's responsible for, say, contacting students and texting them and keeping, doesn't mean they suddenly have their own youth group per se and they start doing their own activities because you are part of a team. And so as you increase self-determination, the other thing that has to increase is accountability. With self-determination, with an increase of ability to make decisions, to do things on their own, accountability has to increase with that. A lot of people want this part. They want the ability to be free, to do what they want, to make their own decisions, but they struggle with the accountability side, answering questions for the work they've been doing, uh, coming back to the table and being able to provide an account for their time and for their uh, the, the goals that you've set for them and the roles that you've laid out for them. So, so you're not just fostering self-determination, you're also fostering healthy accountability. As you give people the idea that they have an, uh, are able to act on their own, let them know, hey, we're going to come back and discuss this and, and see what happened. Self-determination can only increase when self-responsibility or when responsibility to the team uh, increases along with it. And uh, finally, in terms of uh, enabling others to act, we've talked about uh, fostering collaboration. We've talked about strengthening others by strengthening their ability to self-determine. You also need to strengthen their skill, their competency. When you increase someone's competency, you increase their confidence that they can do the job. And uh, so, uh, good morning, uh, Emily. Good morning, Trish. Trish, congratulations. You won a book, by the way. We announced it a little bit earlier. Uh, we're going to send that to you. Uh, if you, say, have an adult leader who you've tasked with contacting students, helping to build their competency means teaching them the best way to contact students. Maybe you provide them with a, a dictionary of student culture language. Uh, maybe you help them with formulating discussion questions each week for the students they're responsible to contact. In other words, you give them a role to do, you set goals for them, you give them responsibility, but you also get them the training, the skills, the support, the help that they need so that they can be more confident and competent in doing the thing you've called them to do. And so um, I love this uh, section of Kuzan Posner's book because it really is kind of the how-to of the great pastoral, uh, really the, uh, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. It's a how-to guide when it comes to the great mission God's given us, which is to equip saints for the work of the ministry. And so I hope you're doing that. I hope in this time uh, of, of challenge that if you have leaders or if you have student leaders, you're equipping them more. We've seen a lot of that. Uh, we've seen a lot of our Youth Alive leaders. They're doing devotions every day. Great job. Uh, Joe Callie, our Youth Alive missionary, doing that. I've seen other youth groups equipping students to do those things. Uh, read an article. Uh, and I want to say congratulations, by the way, to uh, Luke Standage. He was featured in an alumni article for youth ministry at SAGU, Southwestern Assemblies of God University. Um, one of the things he said is they credit their success that they're having during this time with their youth ministry, that uh, leaders are the ones who are contacting a lot of the students. A lot of different leaders are working their you know texting chains or whatever and they're contacting students and getting them into the youth group meeting so i hope you're realizing at this time that empowering and enabling others to act is the lifeblood 
of a growing organization. And you can't do everything yourself, that you need more people involved, that you need more people who are empowered to do things. So congratulations. A couple of announcements. Number one, uh, please continue, if you haven't done so already, to challenge your students towards the big give. Now is the time. If you have collected all that, please send your check to the district office. You can make it out to Pendel Ministry Network or Pendel Youth Ministries. Just put in the memo, speed the light, the big give. That will help us know that we are uh, putting the money towards the right project or projects. And then also fine arts. As you know, fine arts happened. Uh, we had uh, wins. Um, good morning, Kyle. Good to see you. Happy day after Easter. We had many uh, wins uh, during the fine arts festival. Our evaluators met in the breakout rooms. They had a great time. Uh, they seem to move pretty efficiently through the evaluation process. We have some technical challenges with the forms uh, that we were using online, and so it's uh, we have all the data, we have all the information, but our system did not quite sort it properly, so it's taking us a day or two extra to be able to sort the evaluation forms and uh, been uh, on our team about this. How quickly can we get the evaluation forms back to uh, our uh, group leaders for fine arts. And so I'm being told by the end of the week, but uh, we're looking at every uh, possible way that we can accelerate that uh, and get the evaluation forms to you. Now, evaluation forms for fine arts will be coming to you by email. Uh, certificates will come in the physical mail. So we're also gonna be sending out certificates and we would encourage you to find a way to honor your students with those certificates the next time you're able to gather together or maybe Maybe you make this one of your strategies for connecting is maybe you do a delivery and deliver certificates to your students over the next couple of uh, weeks. But uh, thanks everybody for tuning in today. It's Monday. I'm going to pray for you. Uh, we want to uh, just uh, encourage you, uh, you know, keep communicating, keep talking to your students. Don't let uh, that feeling of lack of control over some things right now uh, paralyze you, but keep moving forward. Keep communicating. Keep praying for your students. Focus on the word that you're giving them and challenge them at this time. God, thank you for every leader watching this uh, Monday Motivation today. I pray that you bless them and keep them. God, I pray that you lift up your countenance, your face to them, that you uh, see them, that you hear them, uh, that you bless them during this time and give them peace. God, help them as they work through ways to enable others to act, ways to empower and equip others in their youth ministry, in their church, in their life, in their discipleship circle or sphere of influence to take control of their own uh, uh, duties, goals, roles, discipleship journeys, and uh, act accordingly and beneficially for the, for the good of all. God, I thank you for uh, this amazing team, youth pastors and leaders. Bless them today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great, great Monday and a great week. Fine Arts Forums will be coming to you as soon as possible.